Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome back to Find Your Hum. This is episode 25 and I'm Kirsty, your host. This week, I'm going to share with you my own story with endometriosis. Over the past month, I have shown some very different sides to this condition, from a change in thinking on what makes the condition worse, how it is possible to live and thrive with endo even if we have coexisting conditions, and there is usually always a coexisting condition. And last week, when I explored with my guest Chelsea how we can actually find a level of safety and pleasure in our lives despite the pain we may be suffering. Now whilst this is my story with endo, I do think anyone who is suffering with a condition that they may have been battling with for some time will hopefully find something in this that they can take away. I dive into how it impacted my life, what my symptoms were and how they progressed and I also look back from the lens of my current knowledge to share with you how I believe I ended up here. My childhood had set my body up for a perfect storm of inflammation. Now this inflammation most certainly progressed my endo, but it could easily have led me down the route of other conditions. From your standard period complaints, thinking more PMS, heavier periods, to more chronic or even autoimmune driven conditions such as polycystic ovary syndrome, Crohn's, Graves or even Hashimoto's. So if you're a parent listening to this who has a daughter, or maybe you'll have a daughter in the future, I think my story may help you to help them not end up where I did. We do our best with the information we have and then when we know better, we do better. Although I didn't know it at the time, my endometriosis story began way back when I was around 11 to 12 years old. I was an early bloomer when it came to my hormones and my period started somewhere around late summer, just after my 11th birthday. And it didn't take long for me to start experiencing long and heavy cycles. Just what a preteen who loves swimming needs. We were living in a small town and I was heavily involved in the swimming club. Every Friday night we would hit the pool for time trials. I remember having my period one time and not wanting to compete. At such a young age, the thought of having to insert a tampon was not something I could wrap my head around. So I sat out, telling everyone I wasn't feeling well. Only my mum knew the real reason. It wasn't too long into having my period that I did have to wrap my head around using a tampon. And can I just say thank goodness for those ones with the applicators because at 12 years old, sticking my finger inside of me was certainly not on my radar. Not only did this give me the freedom to enjoy swimming and the other sports I was involved in, it also wasn't long until I had to start wearing a super tampon with a super pad because I couldn't get from home to recess without the risk of overflowing if I just relied on one or the other. My period very quickly became a time of heightened anxiety for me, especially on those first four days. At that young age, this wasn't something I spoke to my friends about. I'm not even sure if there was anyone else my age who had their period yet. 
I mean, we had literally just begun to be taught about it at school. Mum was super understanding and helped me a lot. She had also suffered through heavy periods, so could totally empathise with me. Then there was the pain. I would get cramps with every period. At this stage, they were manageable with anti-inflammatories. Mum didn't like to see me in this kind of pain or having to deal with those heavy flows, so she did what any mum would do. She took me to the doctors. Now please, bear in mind that I am talking about the early to mid-90s here. Yes, I know, I am totally showing my age. And the doctor put me on the mini pill. I'm not exactly sure how old I was, but I do know it was somewhere before my 13th birthday. At this time, there was not a lot of research into endo. Most menstrual conditions of any kind were put down to an imbalance of hormones. And what does the pill offer? It offers the body synthetic hormones, which doctors would prescribe in the hope to even out these imbalances. The cycle of being prescribed different contraception to somehow help with my period continued well into my late 20s. I have literally tried all kinds of contraception, different oral contraceptive pills, progesterone-only pills, injections, the implant. They all worked for a time and then bam, the symptoms were back. My period was long, usually lasting around eight days, four really heavy and then four gradually fading away. And there was so much pain. I experienced cramps on and off for the first couple of days, nothing too crazy, but then on that fourth day oh my goodness every time it was day four I would be hit with pain that if I didn't get in anti-inflammatories and painkillers within minutes of it coming on I would be sweating feeling nauseous unable to concentrate there wasn't even a way I could lie on my bed to help whilst in Australia you can now get an anti-inflammatory made for period pain called Ponstan over the counter I used to take the prescription version of this as regular painkillers and anti-inflammatories were never enough to touch my period pain. There was one time in particular I remember being home, luckily, because I was having such bad period pain that I took a little more than the prescribed dose and literally knocked myself out for hours. Actually, come to think of it, I would often fall asleep after taking those Ponstan, which is why they were no good when I was at school or work. Another memory I have of the pain was during end-of-year assembly rehearsals. I was in my last couple of years at school and I could feel my period pain coming on and I wasn't prepared. I had no painkillers, no anti-inflammatories and neither did any of my friends. I had to leave the hall and sit outside and I was a mess, sweating, feeling sick, shaking a little, One of my friends was with me and I really think it opened her eyes to how bad my pain could be. And there was nothing I could do but ride that pain out. As I began to talk with my girlfriends about this, I began to realise my period was not like theirs. I had one friend who experienced a heavy flow, but nothing like me in the pain department. It felt incredibly unfair. But you think it's just the way it's going to be for you. I mean, that is what the doctor tells you, and when your mum also suffered, you just assume it's always going to be that way. So I just dealt with my period of being like this throughout my teens and into my early 20s. It's been so interesting launching into nutrition and health science. As you begin to learn how the body works, you start diving into the areas that interest you. You start to look back over your own life, your own health, with a different lens. The amount of aha moments I have had have been so mind-blowing, and they continue to be. For instance, just a few months ago, I went really deep 
into the link between histamine, menstrual issues and gut health. Oh my god, so amazing. And can I just say that whilst we don't know what causes endo, we do have a good idea about what progresses the condition. And for most of my life, I've been creating the perfect storm in my life and in my health to allow this condition to flourish. So before I continue on with the rest of my endo story, I want to take the opportunity here to share with you some of what I now know would have played a part in worsening my endo. I think it is important to share this as it may help you understand what is driving your condition and how what we are experiencing as a health challenge could have been building up for years. It's good to look back in cases like this as we can see that the body has been struggling for years and in my case decades. It was always going to take more than a couple of months for it to get back to its healthiest self. We really do need to be patient with our bodies and show them lots of love as we are healing. Let's rewind as far back as my childhood. And I'm talking from the ages of like 4 to 11. There are a few things that stand out for me. As a child, I was always coming down with tonsillitis. I had it like three or four times a year. And they were pretty hectic infections. I would have fevers and chills with it as well as the really sore throat and all the pus that you get on your tonsils. Just absolutely lovely. Each time would be a dose of antibiotics to get rid of the infection. Right there, it's pretty obvious that the immune system wasn't working at its best. And we now know that the immune system has a huge role to play in endo. Then there were some questionable gut health symptoms, which now I can see was IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. Yep, right back to being a child, I'm pretty sure I had IBS. I very often alternated between being constipated and having an upset stomach. I mean, I would often find that after parties, I would be physically sick. The amount of times that my mum told me to stay away from rich foods, only to end up with my head over the toilet at 3am because I didn't listen to her because I just love food, so I just kept eating it. Now, my IBS was probably caused by a few things. One, I did not like ever doing a number two anywhere outside of my own home. So if we went away, I could be constipated for days of my own making. Two, the antibiotics. The evidence is very clear now that antibiotics and the gut microbiome do not mix. And then number three is stress. For the most part of my childhood, it was wonderful. But between the ages of five to eight, there were events that happened that resulted in me being in fear and full of anxiety. As a child, in the moment, you can compartmentalise these things, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a severe effect on you in that moment. And it's often traumas like this that your body stores. So why is the possible IBS significant? Well, the link between the gut and endo is gaining a lot of traction with research as well as antidotally with patients in clinics. Having any kind of gut disorder that results in a disrupted microbiome or causes intestinal permeability can mean that toxins such as lipopolysaccharides can get into our bloodstream and also into our pelvic cavity, causing inflammation. Head back a few episodes in the podcast I recorded titled Endometriosis, Hormonal or Immune Dysfunction to learn more about that. So interesting. And I would just like to circle back to that concept of stored trauma and how it can play a role. Now, I understand for some, this concept may be a little bit woo-woo and out there, but studies have shown that those with post-traumatic stress disorder have changes to their hormone secretion, 
neurochemistry and immune system functioning, all of which contribute to diseased cells, organs and other bodily systems. When the body doesn't process trauma effectively, it can prolong the fight, flight or freeze response. This has very real consequences for gut and immune health, not to mention what it does to our hormones. The chemicals in our body that produce those stress responses are hormones. If our hormonal system is focused on something it thinks that is a very real threat to our lives, why would it be thinking about our sex hormones? And all of this is going on and we don't even realise it because that stress, that trauma is buried. Of course, I also need to talk about food. This plays a big role in supporting our bodies to work their best. Or on the flip side, our food can hinder our health and play a role in worsening our condition. I was a child of the 80s and 90s. And what was the biggest message during this time? Fat makes you fat. It was certainly an era of low-fat everything. Foods like avocado and butter were demonised. This led to so many people almost too scared to consume fats. During my childhood, there was an element to this. Mum would often give us things like avocados for snack when they're in season, but we did have a lot of other non-fat, low-fat products. And there was lots of carbohydrates. It was a very much an a standard Australian diet or really any kind of standard Western diet. There was plenty of veg at dinner, but at breakfast, snacks and lunch, they were quite carb dominant. We were being told that cereal and Milo were good for us. As a teen who thought she was a little on the plump side, I continued with this, really believing that fat would make me fat. I would literally choose a jam scroll from Baker's Delight for lunch. Think white fluffy bread, sticky sweet jam through it and pink icing on top. And I thought I was doing right by my body as friends decided on hot chips or maccas. I honestly believe my choice was better as the fat wasn't present. Now knowing what I know, both of those choices would not have supported my body. Our hormones need fats. Our energy system needs fats. Our immune system needs fats. Our skin, eyes, hair, nails, all of this needs fats. In fact, certain fats are absolutely necessary for our body to fight inflammation. My body, as it went from childhood through adolescence and into adulthood, was slowly becoming more and more inflamed and I was doing nothing to help support this from a nutritional standpoint. After reflecting back on this, it is easy to see how I was creating the perfect storm within my body to encourage possibly the onset of endometriosis, but most certainly the progression of the condition. Okay, now let's jump back into the endo. Life continued on pretty much as normal with the extreme pain, the heavy long cycles and occasional gut irritation, which by this time had definitely been put down to IBS. Again, something I was told I just had to deal with. But this really went up a level in my early to mid-twenties. Between 21-23, I'd finished uni. I started as an area manager for an ice cream company, Wendy's in Australia. I was looking after around 40 stores and I had found partying. I was lucky, and I say lucky but looking back, it really was a bit of a double-edged sword to be one of those people that could party all night long and still get up and function the next morning. 
I consumed a lot of alcohol mixed with a, a lot of energy drinks. I look back on this time and actually feel sorry for my body. I was punishing it. Alcohol instantly causes a level of inflammation in the body. And as for energy drinks, well, they're just like drinking stress. And I would combine the two. Good old vodka and Red Bulls all night long. Around the age of 23, the gut problems really skyrocketed. And at the time, I had no idea that this could somehow be possibly related to my endo. I had an hour and a half drive from my place to our state office. And there were often times that I could not make that journey without having to stop for the bathroom, and sometimes more than once. I literally knew every service station that had a bathroom between my house and the office. And for someone who never liked doing a number two outside of her own home, it was something I very quickly got over as I had no choice. I began to rely heavily on Imodium or gastro stop just to get me through some days. Visits to the doctor resulted in the diagnosis of nothing being wrong with me and again it was just put down to IBS and something I would have to manage. I moved states as I changed roles within Wendy's to become their product manager. It was here where I had my first taste of alternative medicine with an Ayurvedic practitioner. She put me on an elimination diet, which worked to a point, but I was still getting some flare-ups. Not that I can remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure if I tracked those episodes with my periods, they would have been in sync. The doctor I saw in Adelaide was fantastic. Between the gut issues and the period pain that was starting to interfere with work and the pain that started to appear with sex, she was so understanding. She was totally old school and she was not only the person who helped diagnose me with suspected endo, she also helped me get some relief with my tummy troubles, sending me for a lactose breath test at which I was diagnosed with lactose intolerance. Which I can tell you isn't really helpful when your job as a product manager for an ice cream company is literally to taste ice cream all day. Or maybe not all day, but a lot of the time. Needless to say, I changed roles. At 25, I had surgery to burn off the endo. So I had the ablation surgery. You need to remember this was 13 years ago. Having endo actually cut out wasn't really a thing back then. Most of my endo was located behind my uterus and cervix against my lower bowel and colon. So it's easy to see why I was having so many problems down in that area. The gut issues, the pain with sex, they were all explained. I thought I was cured. Well, that relief was short-lived, can I tell you. I ended up suffering with pain again, which is quite common for those who've had their endo burnt off and they haven't addressed the underlying causes of that endo. Keep in mind at this stage, no one had spoken to me about what I was eating or my lifestyle. I was still very much in the mindset of low fat and whilst the partying had died down, there were still times when I could put away a fair bit of alcohol. The story from the age of 25 through to 31 was a cycle of periods of stress, being in South Australia and wanting to be back in New South Wales, starting a new business or three, yep. I actually did that, (laughs) Um, finishing up those businesses, starting a new job, trying different types of hormonal treatments, trying different diets to lose weight, exercising madly, all of this adding to my poor body just trying to survive. The endo and period problems became less and the gut problems increased. Extreme fatigue, reacting to food, skin issues, 
that was until I decided to go off contraception and my period was missing. Yep, it did not come back. The doctor, and I had a new doctor when I got back to New South Wales, told me that I should go back on the pill as I was getting a period with that. It was in that moment that I knew I needed some different help. You don't get a period on the pill. What you get is a chemically induced withdrawal bleed. I mean, I knew this from the research I'd done myself. How did she not know or understand this? I work with a nutritionist, Steph Lowe, who not only helped me get my period back, it came back with lower period pain, lighter flow, and less days of bleeding. I also began to do acupuncture, which I honestly believe was a huge part of my healing. There was so much stuck energy. I'd been carrying around trauma from childhood. I'd literally been building up inflammation in my body since childhood, and whilst the nutrition was a huge part of helping my body recover, I knew I needed the extra help. I also saw Liana, who is an energy healer and psychotherapist, who you will find interviewed on this podcast, and I'm going to put the links in the show notes for her episodes, as she is amazing. She really helped me understand, unpack, and shift a lot of trauma and stress that I was holding in my body. Even in areas of my life, I didn't even actually think there was an issue. It was all of this. The years of dealing with endo, the gut issues, the results I got from using nutrition, from understanding myself and my body better, through to shifting energy and trauma, that led me to become a nutritionist and work with energy through Reiki and bark flowers. I left corporate life and decided to retrain as a nutritionist in my 30s. Is everything amazing with my health? No, I am still working through some of the underlying drivers of my health conditions. But as for my endo, I now look at it with such appreciation. For so long, I hated my body. I hated it didn't work properly that it kept dishing me up problem after problem. For the past six to seven years, I've been working to get my body better. And there have been times that I have wanted to just give up. I'd feel like I would take two steps forward, only to be dragged six steps back. But now I can honestly look back and thank it for where I am. I also know that all of the drama it was giving me, it was just trying to show me that I needed to do something differently. What began as a whisper for help very quickly turned into some pretty hectic screaming. Any endo symptoms I now experience are listened to. It might be a little ovulation pain or a slight bit of period pain. And I say slight because it really isn't anything like it was. And most of the time, no pain. And if I do get the pain, I don't even have to take anything for it. Or maybe it could be those gut disturbances. Whatever they are, they are telling me that something needs to change. And this last year and a half to two years has been tough for me emotionally. I've been stressed and I have experienced some deep grief. And I can notice what this does to my endo symptoms. It is not always about the food. We need the food as a basis to support the body, but we need to address the underlying emotional and mental factors that feed into our conditions. Healing from endo is possible, and I can honestly say that I find that my life and my health are now leaps and bounds ahead, and I can thank my endo for that. I always share my stories. 
whether they be to do with my physical health or mental and emotional health, or in this case, a combination of both, in the hope that it can at least help one person. And I hope that was you today. So whether or not you're healing with endo, or if you have a concern with your health, know that whilst the battle may seem uphill, you may feel stored, there are people out there who can help you, who will listen to you, who do understand. Don't give up fighting for your health, fighting to be your healthiest, shiniest self, fighting to find your heart. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.